to Western Yard Brews, Buffalo's Beer and Brewing Podcast. My name is Scott. I'm a home brewer just outside of Buffalo, New York. I am a member of the Das Hasbauer's Homebrew Club. And on this episode, we're talking to Carl Kobe of Pressure Drop Brewing. If you haven't been to Pressure Drop yet, they're in the First Ward. They are inside the Barrel Factory, and they're producing some great West Coast IPAs, among other things. I went out last night and had a Citrus Screamer at Butera's in the village of Hamburg. And those beers go down Really nice on a beautiful night. So let's listen to the interview with Carl Kobe. It was a great day. I went down to the Barrel Factory at the end of April. So we just had our last little hit of winter. And I went down to, and Carl was just finishing up brewing a batch of sticky trees. So it was fun to watch the the process of pitching the yeast, of draining the hops. I got a good video of draining the hops. You can find that at WNYBrews.com. And then we sat down and just had a chat. And truthfully, if I didn't have to go to put the kids to sleep, we probably could have talked for hours because he is such a cool guy to just hang out, talk to, real laid back. And I think he really fits into the Buffalo Brewing scene really well. Just before we get into the interview, I do want to read one of the reviews uh, up on iTunes because it is important if you don't mind supporting the podcast. Please rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcast catcher that you use to listen to your podcasts. If you want to support the podcast even more than that, please go to WNYBrews forward slash support. There's a bunch of ways you can support the podcast. Most are free or uh, or quick and easy, very little money. Uh, for example, there's an Amazon link where you can go buy anything on Amazon and it gives a little kickback to the podcast. It doesn't change your experience at all. It doesn't add any money to it. It's just uh, like a referral fee for sending you to Amazon through that link. And if you do leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, I, I like to read them here uh, so that you know that, that people are leaving them and I, I do see them and I do appreciate it. Thank you. So this one says, listener, fun and educational. He keeps it different and hops between local and the larger scene. I wonder if that was a a pun. And hops between the local and larger scene. Includes different aspects of beer from growing to bottling and the enjoying. Thanks. And the and the enjoying is all in caps. And that's about how I would rank my priorities as well. So thank you to uh, Gelu Unis. Please, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Let's get right into the interview after this word from the Hopped Up Network. We are a member of the Hopped Up Network, a podcast network of individual, independent beer podcasts. If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. What's up, everyone? My name is Matt. And my name is Kate. And we are your hosts of the Craft House Cinema Podcast. Craft House Cinema celebrates all of the history, people, places, fuck-ups, and triumphs that go into the production of two of the world's greatest art forms, beer and movies. We also love hearing from you. Follow us on Instagram at Craft House Cinema to join the discussion. So crack open a cold one, watch some good movies, and hang out with us. On the Craft House Cinema Podcast. Uh. So we're sitting in the back of Pressure Drop right now in a room that has a newer looking ceiling comparative to the rest of the place oh yeah i just got to got to hang out while a batch of sticky trees was was being finished was being transferred to the fermenter being pitched being oxygenated being cooled all in one foul swoop yep sitting here with carl kobe 
Head brewer, chief. I don't know. Operating like, off COO, CEO, CEO is the official title. But right, like, you have to have an official title. We just, sure got we just say a man of many hats. There you go. Right. Wearing right now, what, what does your hat say? Mosaic. Nice. <laughs> right. Because we use all the mosaic hops. That's about it. Nobody else in Buffalo can get mosaic hops. Because <laughs> Not with the contracts drop. that I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got lots of mosaic now. There's like so much mosaic out in the world. Like, what was it? 2010 hop crisis? Something like that. Yeah. And freaking... There was like so many people who were like making like heavily Simcoe or heavily Mosaic or heavily Citra hopped beers. Yeah. And they couldn't get the hops at all. And they're like, oh, now I have to make a beer with just Cascade, Chinook, and Centennial. Right. Like, I we, remember, have to, we have to go back to our roots. I remember my first year of homebrewing and I had, a, I had an IPA recipe that I, I really liked and the person was really nice to share it with me and I couldn't get Amarillo hops no. for like a year. Amarillo is still a tough one. Yeah. I've got like, a bunch of it now. It's still really pricey. And like, you go on like Spot Hop or like Lupulin Exchange, and people want like a ton of money for it. Or if they don't want a ton of money for it, it's like three years old. <laughs> it's so like reaching that expiration date. We're drinking a trial by Wombat. It's so good. It's Which like is, just like straight juice. When did obviously, he- if you're listening, you're most likely in Buffalo. And if you're in Buffalo, then you know that. Uh, Thin Man. It's a Thin Man beer. Yeah. Uh, trial by Wombat. But that Pressure Drop itself is making quite a name for itself for its IPAs down here in the First Ward. Uh, do you want to describe why you're in the First Ward? Oh, you know, like how we came across this spot? Yeah. What's up, with, what's up with the Barrel Factory here? So, in all honesty, we were trying to open a brewery for the longest time in California. And we were having, like, the hardest time, like finding real estate and stuff like that. We were looking for like 18 months. And then all of a sudden, I was in town. I can't even remember what it was for. but And we were sitting there and uh, went to... Uh, I just like, while I was on the plane, I was doing some research and I came across this agency. It was called uh, Invest Buffalo Niagara, which is basically like economic development agency for like all of like Erie and Niagara County. And they were like, oh, yeah, come on in and we'll, like, have some meetings. And they, like, basically came through and, like, told me about, like, all these awesome incentives and everything to, like, locate in Buffalo versus opening in California. And so I was like, all right, rad. So I would talk, start talking to all my business partners, like, hey, maybe we could open in Buffalo instead. There's, like, you know, not, like, a million breweries in Buffalo. We'd be doing something that's probably a little bit different from what's going on. Um, and then at the same point, so I was like, all right. So I started looking at real estate and it wasn't really finding anything. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, one day I'm like on Facebook and there was like an article from Buffalo Rising about the barrel factory. And so I went and looked at their website online and it said that they had like 5,000 square feet of space available. So made a phone call like 20 minutes later, got a call back from Steve. We were on the Steve Bystrand. He's one of the owners of the building. We were on the phone for like three and a half hours. And I was just, and he's like, what do I got to do to get you to fly out here? So we came out here, I don't know, maybe six weeks after that, flew out here. 
And man, dude, the building was still real raw. Like the tasting room wasn't finished yet. The the plant for the distillery was in. The whole upstairs were like the event space for like weddings and all that stuff. Dude, it was trashed. Like right. the like the floors <laughs> weren't redone. Like the windows had just been put in. Like, but they were like just talking a grip a game about all this stuff they were gonna do to this place. And I was just like, all right, cool. So I went and talked to my people, and I was like, you know. The space is right. The budget's right. Kind of piggyback on Lakewood Spirits tasting room. Share a tasting room together. Two businesses, one tasting room. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, there's a lot of opportunities for collaboration between a distillery and a brewery. So I was like, all right, this sounds pretty fabo. Just jumped on in from there. Awesome. That's like a long story for your no, small question. And if you, uh, <laughs> if you haven't been here, people listening, it, it does not look like trash. Right now, it's got a really cool vibe to it. No, man, this you place is in, freaking rad. When I said, like, so I said to the guys, I was like, if they pull off 50% of what they're actually trying to pull off with this place, it's going to be amazing. And they actually got like 99% of it nice. the way that they said they were going to do it. I mean, it's like a beautiful bar, copper top, copper top bar with a beautiful patina on it. The facing to the bar is all brick that's recycled from the building. Nice. The floor of the bar is all like, I think it's white pine that was all recycled from the building, planed down, and then turned into a floor. I mean, it's freaking, it's amazing, like, the work that they've done on this space. So I was, I was just blown away. So then coming in as a brewer, what was, what was the philosophy you wanted to bring into Buffalo? Really, man, I mean, I started brewing on the West Coast. I was, you know, brewing in Northern California with a whole bunch of homies of mine. And we just love crushing, like, imperial ipas like real crisp clean west coast style you know when we were first talking about putting the brewery together partners and i were like oh we could bring like west coast ipa to the east coast like that would be a super cool thing everybody loves a good crushable west coast ipa but it's like if you can get that style literally made in your own backyard rather than having it shipped three thousand miles across the country and it's 90 days old when it gets here and like the hop notes down and it's starting to smell a little cardboardy. Yeah. You know, if you can get it like an awesome West Coast IPA that's only three days old, like that's just freaking rad. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, that was that was kind of like when when we went into especially when we decided to open in Buffalo, that was like our our, our mission statement was just big, hoppy West Coast IPAs. So I was just out at one eyed cat. Or the one I cat tasting. Yes. And when I when I was talking to them, they were mentioning uh, that you you had talked to them and that that they had really appreciated all of the advice that you had given them. Yeah, Did they were hanging that? out here for like five hours the one day. Man, yeah. I was chewing their ear off. <laughs> Did you find you find that when you came into Buffalo that they were kind of welcomed into the brewing community? Oh yeah, man. No, and that's like, I mean, like we're sitting here chilling, drinking wombat. I mean. It's a, great, it's a great beer. Rudy's the man. He, like, I met Rudy, like, four years ago and kind of kept in touch, like, a little bit here, a little bit there. Nothing major, though. Like, And then all of a sudden, I came back into town to open this place, gave him a buzz, found out that he was working over at Thin Man, went over there, drank all his beers, was like, God, man, this guy's <laughs> just killing it. Yeah. And so whenever I had any questions, he was, like, a super big help. And then um, I knew Corey Catalano mm-hmm. over at Big Ditch through some mutual friends. 
and we got together and, you know, hey, I got a question about steam contractors, you know, boom, Corey was like on the phone helping me out, Matt Con too. Like I had never even met Matt before. He was a super huge help. Guys down at Flying Bison, just like arms wide open. I mean, everybody, everybody was like, it was just rad. Um, But Rudy in specific, I don't know why. Probably because he had just gone through building Thin Man. Yeah. You know, and dealt with all the crap over there of building a brewery because I'll tell you building small space. Yeah. I mean, he, they got a lot of restrictions and stuff like that over there as far as space. And, you know, I mean, and he built it out and it's like, it runs extremely well considering the limitations of space and stuff that they have. So I was just like, all right, cool. You literally just went through building a brewery. I'm about to build a brewery. And so he was just, he was like one of, and then Corey too, because they had just done an expansion down at Big Ditch. Mm-hmm. So he was another one that I hit up hardcore for a lot of advice because they had just been through it. And so that was like when the one-eyed cat kids came through here, right. they're like, you literally just built a brewery. <laughs> like, and so if you could help us out in any which way, shape or form, I was just like, yeah, for sure. No problem. You know, right, you've become the Obi-Wan. I don't know, Obi Wan. That's 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 high praise. <laughs> that's 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 a little extreme. <laughs> I don't I'm, I don't know. My Star Wars references might be terrible. I've never actually watched, no. I've no, never no. actually watched a Star Wars. You're freaking kidding no, me. No, I know it's terrible. All right, dude, you're dead to me. I know, right? <laughs> it's actually funny. So, like, one of the first beers we made was called Space Monkey. Yeah. Right. So uh, we're gonna do a new version of it, I think, next month, and it's gonna be called Space Monkey Episode Two: Revenge <laughs> of the Space Monkey. <laughs> All right. And then after that, we'll do like episode three, the Space Monkey Wars. Yeah. And then we'll do episode because, four. Well, no, we won't do episode okay, four. Then we'll mind, do then mind. we'll do Space Monkey one. Okay. Because Rogue One comes between episode three and episode four. Right? Does it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That well, hey man, like I said, you're dead to me. <laughs> uh, so you okay? You made Space Monkey. You got a lot of great beers. End of the night, you're going out there to drink something. What are you pouring? Out of the beers that I make, yep. I always drink a Sticky Trees. Yeah, but I always get down with a lot of Citrus Screamer too. I really love the Citrus Screamer, um, just because it's like got a lot of flavor and it's super sessionable. Right. And then, but it's been, you know, what are we on the the fourth winter for this year already? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh huh. We're on fourth winter. Yeah, I was thinking of, and I have seen all the Lord of the Rings. I was thinking of the Hobbits with, with all the breakfasts. That's what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, like second breakfast. Right now, the know. second winter. Eleven Zs. Yeah. Right. April Zs? Yeah. Yeah, it's April Zs. April Snow Zs. <laughs> um, the, um, so, like, considering all the cold temperatures and stuff right now, I have been drinking a lot of the Black Alicious, which is our 11% Imperial Stout. I only drink about seven ounces of it, though. <laughs> Have about seven ounces of it, and then I'm like, okay, it's time to call it quits. So then if you're not drinking what you got here, what's your style? What are you into? I love sours. You don't, you don't have to just pick one. I'm sorry. I love sours. Yeah. Like, I'm such a sour hound. I don't know that I... I mean, I would love to one day make a bunch of sours. Um, it's not really in the cards right now. Um, we are talking about doing some kettle sours and stuff like that coming up in the future. We'll see what really happens. After the octuple... IPA. Yeah, the Octuple IPA, Dr. Octopus. 
<laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. It's a 27% ABV, 855 IBU IPA. Done exclusively with Mosaic, Citra, Simcoe, <laughs> Amarillo, is Galaxy. That, that's exclusive? It'll be an exclusive beer. This is awesome, too. Yeah, a little bit of Brewery Tarot. Hot and Ross Berliner Weiss. Yeah, Berliner Weiss. Like I said, I'm a sucker for a sour. Very nice. Yeah, me too. So, huh. like my favorite... Like one of my favorite breweries, by far, like is um, Rare Barrel in Berkeley, California. I don't know if you ever been there. No. Or heard of them? Oh my God! If you don't like sour beer, these guys will make something that you like. They do like everything is aged in French oak, with like real whole fruit in it. Nice. I mean, it's insane the beers that they're turning out i think it's the best sour brewery in the world and i do like sour beers oh man dude i got i have like maybe five bottles of rare barrel at my house man i hoard them hoard them and like i'll drink it down to like where i have like one bottle left and then i will literally not open that bottle until i get five or six more nice because i just it's like your uh it's like part of my apocalypse kit <laughs> you know, one bottle of rare barrel is in my apocalypse kit. Nice. All the ramen, and then you need a rare barrel. Cans of spam. Cans of spam. Those, those are probably good for you for years, right? Yeah, no. Spam? They send that shit in outer space. <laughs> spam, spam, tang, and one bottle of rare barrel. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a name for a beer. Right? Spam and tang. I have literally no transition for this, but <laughs> when you started brewing, you as a, as a brewer, what was the thing that kind of got you into it? So my wife bought me like this shitty, totally garbage, like Mr. Beer one gallon homebrew kit. Oh yeah. Does she regret it? I think so now. <laughs> yeah. Now she's just like, God damn it. But uh, so, and then this guy that I was actually working construction with at the time, my homie Gabe, who's actually one of the part owners of our brewery, he, he, um, he brewed, man, that guy's been brewing for like 20 years. He makes all sorts of cuckoo banana stuff. He makes sizers, he makes cider, he makes mead. He, if you could throw yeast into it, he makes it. Nice. <laughs> and um, so we sat there and we brewed... I was like, oh, I want to make this beer. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, I haven't made beer in like three months. He's like, I'd love to make some beer. So I went over to his house. He busts out like all this gear. like, And we're like literally made my beer in like a saucepan on the stove. <laughs> and then I've he's, seen those. And then um, the first beer that we actually brewed together was that crappy Mr. Beer homebrew kit, which was a brown ale, which we dry hopped with. Streisbald, which is like this amazing aromatic French hop with like all these spices. Oh, so good. That beer was probably going to be meh. But then once we dry hopped it with that Streisbald, it was really tasty. Huh. And I was like, this is amazing. And then, um, but the beer that he made that day was the Belgian Blondale that we actually make here. Oh, the Strummer. nice. He's been making that beer forever. And we made it. And then, you know, three weeks later, we're bottling it up. And then right after that, we're uh, like a week after that, we were drinking. And I was like, this is freaking incredible. He's like, yeah, I've been making this beer forever. And it's so easy and it's so cheap. 
Yeah. You know, and those I was are my like, favorites. Yeah, it's <laughs> dude. It's like there's only like four grains in it. Yeah. It's like two hop additions, and it's just like all the character just really comes from the yeast. Yeah. Oh, so freaking! And it's just such a crusher, man. Six percent. You would never know it. Right. The, and, the strummer on tap here, does it still taste like the one that you had back then? It's a little bit more refined now. Okay. It's a little bit cleaner. It's a little bit crisper. You know, we obviously have a lot more control yeah. on this scale than we did. We were like chucking carboys into a fridge with a heat wrap on it. Yeah. You know, um, and then uh, we're also pitching a lot more cells <laughs> yeah. here per milliliter. So... Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's so the first beer that we brewed on the system here was the Strummer, actually. That's pretty cool. Actually, the first beer I wanted to brew was Space Monkey, but I was just waiting on an order for all the hops to come in, Yeah. and I was just like, man, I got all the shit here to make Strummer. I'm making it today. Like, I couldn't wait anymore. Right. And then the second beer we brewed on the system was Sticky Trees, and then the third beer we brewed was Space Monkey, and then after that, I don't even know. It's like all a blur. I think we've made like 16 beers so far and we've only been open for four months. Nice. You've really only been open for four months? Yeah. Wow. We released our first beers on November 23rd. Huh. So So when I was at Buffalo on tap. December, January, February, March. Yeah. Four and a half months. Wow. Yeah. Buffalo on tap. Yeah. When was that? January? Yeah, I felt like I was way behind already by then. I mean, no, I we had only I was we had only been months, pouring right? beer for yeah, like six weeks at that point. Wow. Yeah. And they're great beers. Pressure Drop has some great beers on tap. Oh, I appreciate that, homie. We sat there though, like when we decided that we wanted to open the brewery, Gabe and I. We sat there, and for three years, we were brewing twice a week. And every single beer that we brewed was intended to be scaled up to this system. That's awesome. For three, three years. years. The, what'd you do with all the beer? Drank it. <laughs> <laughs> Gave a lot of it away. Nice. Gave a ton of it away. So that was one of the things, though, too, is that, like, so we decided we want to open the place, and then we started brewing and brewing and brewing, and then... um that's when I was like, screw this. And I quit my job. I was like, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. I quit my job and I went and got a job working at knee deep brewing company. Yeah. And so like whenever we were home brewing, I mean, it was like nine people in production there. So it's like, I give two twenty twos to each of them. Nice. So there's 18 22s gone out of the 22 or yeah. 24 that I got. How many beers are in your rotation right now? That we're going to make like on the regular. Yeah. We'll say regular beers. Sticky Trees for sure. That's on the regs. The Screamers, uh, Mosaic. I don't know that we'll make the Mosaic. We'll make Mosaic again. But um, we're going to be just jamming out Citrus Screamer all summer. Strummer's not going anywhere. That's a great beer. Yeah. So we're definitely making that again. Um, the Buckstar, the Coffee Cream Porter. That's going to be coming back. We're actually like almost out of it right now. We're brewing it again next week. And then we've got probably, like, all the double IPAs, they're all just one-offs, never to be made again. Yeah. So, like, Space Monkey, never making it again. And, like, I hear all the time, oh, my God, that beer was so good. I know, right? It was great. (laughs) I I loved it, too. I really did. Space Monkey holds a special place in my heart. But 
tell you right now, I'm going to make something that's very, very, very similar and just slightly different and just as awesome the yeah. next time. Um, do you worry about branding when you do something like that or you don't really care? Man, I'll tell you one thing about craft beer right now is so, so much of it is what haven't I had yet? Yeah, no, 100%. Right? So for us to be busting out like a brand new double IPA like every six weeks, yeah, I think that's... A, I think that's something that people really want yeah. and they want to see. It's ambitious too. I mean, shit, dude, I could brew a new, I could do I could brew a brand new IPA every day of the week, seven days a week and never get bored. Right. right. Yeah. At the same point though, like today we brewed our 13th batch of sticky trees. Yeah. Right. And I could brew that beer all day, every day. I, I don't know. I just like making beer. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, the doubles are going to be one-offs. The Black Alicious, the Imperial Stout, we're going to make that again probably in July, but you won't, it's going to, we're still going to have batch one on tap, mm-hmm. but we're going to do batch two in July or August, and hopefully the distillery that's in the building, Lakewood Spirits, hopefully at that point I'll have access to some of their rum barrels, because yeah. they're doing like a spiced rum program right now. And if I could take that Black Alicious and age it in spice rum barrels for like four months, five months, and then release it in like December or January. Yeah, perfect I timing. mean, I'd just be having a crisis. <laughs> I'd be so happy. That would, that would like just make my friggin' year. Right. That would make my 2019 like release spiced rum barrel aged Black Alicious in January 2019. I think that'd be kind of a little bit of a game changer. I think that should be some pretty good, pretty dope beer. Say January 2019, we're probably going to need it. Oh, God, If if next winter is anything like this winter. Right. Fourth winter. Jeez Louise. Yeah, no. And (laughs) the worst part about it is the whole time I was living in California, everybody's saying to me, oh, the winters aren't that bad anymore. No. Not that bad. Oh, I was playing golf in February. You keep saying that. It's true. I was playing golf in February. going on i think seriously that like because you know i had to not only move i had to move back to the northeast which i love the northeast like i like a a, an area that has four seasons rather than california which has two seasons which is wet as hell and on fire (laughs) (laughs) so those are like the only two seasons that you have living in northern california is it's either pissing rain or everything is burning to the ground. <laughs> so uh, um, I like four seasons. I like a good winter. This one's a little drastic. Man. And so I think, quite honestly, it's like, it's like that last test. Like, man, if you can just plug it out through this winter, everything's right. going to be A-OK on the other side. And then next thing you know, it's going to be May, and it'll be 30 degrees and friggin' snowing. We'll have fifth winter. Fifth winter. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. You'd just be watching, like, all the animals living in the neighborhood down in here in the ward, and they'll just be, like, jumping off the roof committing suicide <laughs> at that point. That's, that's why you need to be in a brewery, mm. right? Uh, especially one with a, dis- a distillery attached here. Well, yeah. Not you want to warm like, up, man. The super cool part about it, though, too, is that, I mean, the, the whole building itself is just, like, a total maker's fair. Yeah. So you got Adam, the head distiller. He's making spirits. We're over here. We're making beer. Snowy Owl Kombucha. I don't know if you know what yeah. kombucha is. Fermented tea. Full of all sorts of good, funky probiotics. Right. 
they're making booch in the building. Then you got Leonard Oaks, who's in like a state winery, but they also do steampunk cider. Oh, yeah. They're opening a cidery tasting room in the building, too. That's pretty cool. And then you got the kayak guy, Jason, Elevator yeah. Alley Kayaks. I mean, we're like, I don't know, a hundred yards from the Buffalo River. Right. You just have to like jump across the train tracks and, you know, dodge the. Yeah, you see the grain elevators here. Yep. You have to dodge all the deer that run up and down the train tracks and then dodge the occasional train that comes by. And then you're on the Buffalo River. And so you just like come in here, grab a growler, fill it up, go rent a kayak, and then just play like Edward Growler hands as you're kayaking <laughs> down the Buffalo River. Uh, we, we booked ourselves a kayak trip, I think two summers ago. Yeah. And the day came, we were just like, ah, I don't want to be on a kayak. So we drank. <laughs> me and my wife we probably went to a brewery if you are if you are one of the sensible if you are one of the sensible kayakers out there who's like it's not necessarily the greatest idea to kayak and drink at the same time you can always go kayaking and then come by afterwards and yeah, have a beer. it's not as fun right i mean you could do both though too and that makes it even more fun perfect right all right i'm gonna have to head out but uh thank you Thank oh my you so god, much. dude! Thank you Total for everything. Pleasure. Thank you for the beer. Thank you for talking. Thank you for oh, yeah. Hold on. Uh, letting me just kind of watch. Finish this Berliner. Watch over here because that was awesome to watch. So once again, thank you for listening and thank you to Carl. I, I have a feeling he'll be on again. Like I said, just real easy to talk to. Like a lot of the brewers around the Buffalo area are. If you ever get a chance to talk to one of the local brewers about what they're doing over at their brewery, or if you just want to talk to them about the scene in general. I can't think of a single local brewer who hasn't been really inviting and, and willing to to just chat, have a good conversation. So thank you for listening. Check out Pressure Drop. Head on out there. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash WNYBrews. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks again to the Rearview Ramblers for the use of their song, You Can't Buy Beer With Condolences. Find them at rearviewramblers.com. <laughs>